0: Hey everyone, it's been said that every quilt tells a story and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I am so thankful that Alice Brown contacted me after I put a post on Facebook looking for people to interview. You'd think that we had known each other for years. We had so much fun visiting. I learned that we should never give up on a UFO, as the perfect situation will arise and surprise you.
1: Alice, thank you for being on The Quilter Life. I really appreciate you coming on.
2: Well, I'm very grateful for the invite and for you choosing me. This is something I like to discuss with other people and share stronger and more confident as I go through my own processes. Great. Thanks for that. So where were you born and raised? I was born in Denver, Colorado, and my father was in the Air Force. When he got out of the Air Force, he worked there for a little while, and then he moved to um, Silicon Valley. That was the gold rush year when everybody was moving out here and Trying to get a good job in the tech industry, which was just you know starting out. And I was five, turning six when we moved here. Went to three different kindergartens, and that was that was fun. Still remember them. I don't know why. Very vivid. <laughs> yeah. And then I lived in Sunnyvale until I was 11, and then moved to San Jose when my parents bought their first home. When I married at 21, I moved it to Fremont, which is sort of an annex of the Silicon Valley. And I had my two children, and then their father left about 11 and a half years into the marriage, and the children and I, I stayed in Fremont so that they could stay in their schools and have, you know, some semblance of order and, and routine in their life. After they were grown and out of the house, I moved just back to San Jose and bought a condo and, you know, continued my career. Mm-hmm. And um, that's pretty much where I've been. Uh, I did sell my condo two years ago and moved out to the, the valley in in California. So, uh, it's called Lee Valley. It's the big valley. That's pretty much my story of travel anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Were you employed during that time? Um, I was employed as a facility manager. I had always enjoyed uh, working in the facility arena, taking care of corporate buildings and corporate campuses, anything from property management to facility management. The reason I enjoyed it was it had a lot of variety. You never had the same you know, mundane job day to day. Every day was different. And there was a lot of challenge. And a lot of things to learn. You just you learn something new every day, which is what makes me tick. I I have to learn something new every day, even if it's just something small. I thrive on learning. Uh huh. I enjoyed that until I was injured. I oh, no. um, Five almost six years ago, and I haven't worked since. That You're that right. last job that I had where I got injured. Uh was such a miracle for me because I was in a terrible, terrible job where I had a um, a boss who was just so terrible, just oh evil. Mm. And I just kept praying, Lord, Lord, you know, and get me out of this. Find me something else. This is not what I like to do. I was, you know, running a, a security response center. The boss was so nasty. He got me demoted to be a security guard. And, you know, here I was making, you know, $85,90,000 Eighty-five, ninety thousand a year, and then I was a security guard at like $12 an hour. Mm. And one day I was in a bank building, and I saw a beautiful building across the street. Being I mean, a facility manager, you like buildings, you like architecture, you like, you know, well, for me anyway. Uh-huh. And that's another another type of quilting. It's the building, right. it's the way it, you know, the light shines or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I would love to work in that building. And the next thing I knew, they said, oh, we want you to show up at another place today. And it turns out it was that building. And I was so amazed. And that was, you know, really hard building to work in. You had to go and you had to push a button. Like 10 different places you had to be in an hour. You had to do them once an hour. So you weren't just sitting at the front desk sleeping. You had to go and patrol the building. So that was hard. And one day I said out loud to the Lord, I said, why is my life like this? Because that wasn't who I am, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I had a career and I was doing well. And then here I was in this deep despair, except my building. And the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice. I mean, I wouldn't be audible that anyone else would hear, but audible to me. Yeah. He said, I'm healing you. And I instantly said, why? Meaning, from what? You because know, yeah. it was such a, it was a shock to be to hearing his voice to begin with, but to have that be what he said. And he said, just so quietly and so calmly, just because I love you. Mm. Oh, I loved that job after that. Just, you know, two months more, and I was like every day, oh, good. I get to go to the building where the Lord spoke to me. Mm. I get to have that closeness with him. A part of the architecture was these beautiful glass cathedral ceilings, and I used it as a place of worship. Mm-hmm. And you could do that with no one around, you know. <laughs> great oh, yeah. Cause I, yeah. I had the swing shift or the graveyard, the graveyard. So, yay! And then I got a call from facility management company, and they said we'd like to see if you would like this job, and I said. Or, you know, I'm, I had a lot of interviews, but nobody really hired me. So I went to have an interview with this guy. He met with me and talked for an hour and a half. He says, Let me see what I can do to get you out of your old job. He said, I'll tell you one thing. I usually interview for half an hour, but with you, it has been an hour and a half. And <laughs> I think you're having a deal here. And he turned in his expense report because he lived, lived out in Fresno and he met me in San Jose mm-hmm. for the interview. And he turned in his, you know, mileage and coffee, see, whatever. And it went to his boss, who happened to be one of my ex-bosses, and he said, as he wrote on their interview with Alice Brown, he said, how do you know Alice Brown? He was oh, we're interviewing her for a position. He said, oh, you need to hire her. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. So the Lord had perfect timing, the perfect place, everything. He said to me during the interview, there'll be this many buildings, and it's on the coast of California, and there are worse buildings in, in our portfolio. I had 51 buildings if I lost the job due to the injury. Wow. And I loved that job, because I could go to Capitola and Carmel. And Monterey. <laughs> and Santa Cruz, <Claus. laughs> And I was the beach, And it was wonderful. And it was like that was my gift for trusting the Lord and going through this really hard job. And, yeah. and it was there to heal me and bless me. Yeah. And I haven't worked since. And I've, you know, been able to spend a lot more time sewing and, and quilting and other other hobbies. So, mm-hmm. but it, it is an extension of me. Part of being a facility manager is also being a people pleaser. You like your work to show that you care about people. Yeah. you know that's, And that's what a quilt does for me. It says, I know who you are, I know what you would like, and I put in this effort and this time, and possibly money, most likely, mm-hmm. to show you that I care about you and that I want you to be happy with what I've presented to you. And I think that's just another extension of me, you know. Mm -hmm.
1: So are there other crafts or hobbies that you do?
2: Yes. I sew clothes, mostly pajamas for my four grandsons. Hmm. I crochet. I do embroidery. I had done needlepoint and cross stitch in the past. But cross stitch has become kind of um, hard on the eyes, shall we say. Yeah. It's not as versatile. You can make a a wall plaque. You can put something on a T-shirt. You know, it just doesn't appeal to me as much as it used to. Yeah. I do like the crocheting because it's almost mindless. I've done crocheting with, you know, very inexpensive acrylic yarns. I've done rolls. I've done alpaca. I mean, I've done some really nice yarns. I've even done some scarves with beading on them and that's something I've enjoyed because it can really make a beautiful finished product. Yeah. I've done some sweaters but I'm not, I don't really care for them. Uh I think a knitted sweater is a better look. So I didn't really go too much into that. Just to round out my hobbies, I do enjoy gardening. If you, My my backyard, it looks like a quilt. It has depth, it has layers, it has color, it has design, you know, that sort of thing. I enjoy making my world look like something I created.
1: How neat.
2: I like decorating my home. My other hobby is cooking because I enjoy eating. And I enjoy flavors and textures and, and colors and other quilting, you know. Yeah, it seems like everything is so cohesive in my life now. Because mm-hmm. you know, on my own, I don't work, I don't have children, I'm not married. Mm-hmm. It all sort of melds together and becomes an outflow of my personality, and I enjoy that. Yeah.
1: So, who introduced you to quilting?
2: Um, I pretty much introduced myself. I saw a beautiful quilt in a magazine, and it just spoke to me. And I wanted to do it so bad. And my brother was getting married. So I said, well, I want to make this for his wedding. And I had never really quilted before. So I cut out all the pieces. They said, you know, buy this much fabric. And and here's the templates for the pieces. And I was so excited. And I cut them out and I was short one piece. There was no way to go get around it.
1: So I started
2: over on that one color. And I cut out that color again. I bought extra fabric, and I started over. And it wasn't the choice fabric I wanted, but it it worked for the quilt. And time went on, and my kids were born, and, you know, life happened. I had to start a career, and I didn't really get to work on it much. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I gave it to my mom and said, if you'd like to finish it. And she never did anything with it. So I took it back when I was laid off from a job once. And looking for work. And I thought, maybe this will give me something to do. And I worked and worked and worked and pieced it all together. And the sad part was, there was a ton of material left over, of pieces left over. Oh. The pattern was not well written. It did not make sense in any way, shape, or form. And I was very frustrated. And one day, I had an epiphany. And I said, you know what? this is going to look like how I want it to look, and it will be beautiful. And I rearranged things to make it work, and just took it and flew with it. And I say flew with it because it was called the double piece. How neat. And it was only two different shaped pieces, and it came out so beautiful, and I was the whole time I was making it, I said to myself, what am I going to do with it? It doesn't match my home. It's not my personality. My brother's been divorced twice, you know. (laughs) It it just wasn't, it was like, where's this going to go?
1: Yeah.
2: And my sister said to me, well, maybe one of your friends will be getting married. And I thought that was a funny thing to say. I was in my mid-50s, mid to late 50s. What kind of friends would I have that are getting married, you know? (laughs) So, I had a pastor friend whose wife passed away, and he went off on a little journey to visit friends and try to get, you know, go through Green from all of that. Uh-huh. And I met him at a church that I was working at, and then I had lunch with him when he came back from Indiana. He had went gone to Indiana on his trip, and mm-hmm. he said, I'd like to get together with you. And so, we had lunch, and he started telling me he met this woman. And he was going to marry her. And I was just like, what? In the middle of nowhere? (laughs) So I told him, because I wasn't finished with the quilt yet, I said, I have a surprise for you, but I want to wait until you come back. Because he was going to go back to Indiana and then come back again. And then I'll tell you about it. And he says, okay, that's weird. And I said, trust me, it'll be okay. All right. Because I was not how our relationship was. He was a pastor. Why would I let him price for him, you know? Uh And he told me that he was marrying this woman and I went home and I finished the quilt and I took it to a long arm quilter and I was so pleased with it. It just turned out amazing. It had flight. It had depth. It had the spiritual depth that that the better peace would bring, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was all in blue and white and it was just so pretty. I didn't want to keep it. I never felt that close to it because I, yeah. I started out to make it as a gift. So I was glad mm-hmm. to give it as a gift. Then I thought at the last minute, just before I gave it to him, I thought, what if his wife does not like blue? <laughs> well, I, I really thought it was a really awful feeling because it, it was blue and white. And, and I thought, oh, no, I don't want to give her something that would be like, oh, what's that, you know? So I looked on her Facebook page, and she had the most beautiful collection of blue glassware in her kitchen. Oh. And I thought, oh, that is just perfection. And I was so pleased. And I put it in a nice box. I went out and found a nice, beautiful box that they could use as a keepsake, mm-hmm. put anything they want in, like a treasure box or something. What and a neat idea. When I give a gift, I like to give a whole package. We mm-hmm. So we met for lunch. I handed him the box and he opened it up and he just burst into tears. He was so blown away. That's so neat. That is my first and my favorite quilt. Oh, and wow. that's the one that introduced me to quilting. Because I am the kind of person who wants a challenge. Mm-hmm. And even though it took me I'm going to just say 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, life happens. That's the one that gives me the most satisfaction and, and a bit of pride that I mm-hmm. finished it and I was able to give it as a gift. And neat. My favorite quilting tool, the thing that I use the most yeah, is my sound strength on my hands and my imagination. Oh. That's the the part I enjoy most is touching the fabric and imagining how it will piece together and become a one big solid cohesive entity me, a finished product that's the thing that gets me to quilting is how can I take these bits and pieces and make a beautiful picture, a beautiful design, a beautiful product, you know mhm, yeah. And I like those little plastic clips and my seam ripper. <laughs> <laughs> it's the seam ripper slows me down. That's the thing. If I I get in a hurry, and make a mistake, I say, "Hey, calm down," and I slowly pick out the thread so that I don't tear yeah. the fabric, mm-hmm. and then I can get back to a better rhythm instead of rushing. So. Yeah. Do you know how,
1: about how many quilts you have made?
2: Probably. Fifteen. Okay. Most of them have been small for mm-hmm. babies, for, for um, baby showers. My friends, yeah. my sister, my niece, that kind of thing. Yesterday, I just made one for my next door neighbor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I kept hearing a newborn cry. And during this pandemic, we haven't really been, you know, hanging out. Yeah. I didn't know they had a baby. She was <laughs> just months old. <sighs> so I was bored and sat down and made a, a one out of a quilt. Still kind of cute, you know. Yeah. And it had a challenge because it had three different kinds of fabric. It had minky and flannel and cotton. And that was my my challenge. And that was mm-hmm. learning the pin quite a bit. I didn't use the plastic clips because I think the pins are less bulky in a small quilt.
1: Mhm.
2: In the meantime. I'm waiting for fabric that I've ordered to make a quilt for my mother. She oh, nice. um, had a pretty bad stroke a year ago and mm-hmm. I took care of them while she was in this nursing home. I took care of my dad and stayed with him. He can't cook, he can't drive, you know, just basic yeah. stuff. Did the laundry, did the dishes, you know, just kept the house going until mm-hmm. he could get out. And we moved them to assisted living. Well, we moved their furniture. She wanted new furniture. She wanted to plan all this. We said, Mom, you leave here and you go straight to the living. We can't buy furniture right now. Yeah. She went out and bought a new couch once she was settled in her place. And I told her I would make a quilt for her. So I showed Mm -hmm. her some, and this is my favorite part of quilting. I auditioned some fabric from my staff because you can't really go out and buy fabric. Right. And I showed her one that I was so pleased with. It was so elegant and so her, and I really, really enjoyed it. And then I showed her one with a, um, what do you call it, a jelly roll, and then Uh a piece of fabric that that coordinated or went well with the jelly roll. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Well, to my surprise, she decided she wanted the piece of fabric that went well with the jelly roll. And it was, I had a fat quarter and I'm like, oh, Lord. it's not going to make a quilt. It had no idea. But my challenge was to find the fabric so that I could yeah. make, you know, plenty of pieces in the front and maybe use that piece as a back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I went online and I asked, you know, in some of my quilting forums, if anybody had any or if they knew how to find some. And I found some. So I bought three yards of it. So there was my challenge on that one. <laughs> the worst thing I don't like to do, I like designing and auditioning fabric. I don't like to clean up after I made something. I just want to keep making. Yeah. Even though there's no room. I just don't like <laughs> cleaning up and, and, I don't know. It's like I like to cook but don't like to do the dishes, you know? Right. I like the creative outlet. Yeah. And I think my worst quilting experience, even though the, the first one was had some ups and downs, like, you know, wrong, wrong amount of fabric, which wasn't was in the end. And uh-huh. taking 30 years to do it, that sounds like it can be <laughs> bad. But another one that I really wanted to do, I started for my grandson, my second grandson. And I wanted to make it something he could use when he got older. He'll be nine this year. But, you know, Uh he could use as a teenager, as a grown man, or whatever. Yeah. So I got some beautiful fabrics and didn't like them. Got some more beautiful fabrics and really (laughs) enjoyed them. Picked a beautiful pattern and started cutting it out. And you know what he said? I don't want that. Oh, no. (laughs) And I was crushed because, yeah, he's the one I'm teaching to quilt and to sew. He loves the sewing machine. Every time he comes, he says, can I sew? And I just, of course I'll teach him to sew. So I'm kind of like, mm, put that one on hold. Yeah. Especially since while I was cutting some of it out, I cut it wrong. And I thought, oh, I'll fix that later. Because it just didn't have the joy, you know? Yeah. It didn't bring joy. Mm-hmm. And most of the quilts I make, well, all of them so far, I make for babies, of friends and neighbor and family and, you know, the one I made for the the friend. When I moved out of my condo and moved to the valley, I was bored, you know, couldn't go to work because of the injury Mm -hmm. and didn't have any friends. And Mm -hmm. my aunt said, well, why don't you join a quilting guild? And I found one that's three blocks away from me. I can walk. Wow. It really spoke to me because as a child, I was abused, and I was abused as a wife. That's why I was divorced
1: mm-hmm. and a
2: single parent. the The Quilting Guild once a month on Wednesdays we get together, and the group is called Warm Wrappings, and we donate our quilts to abused children and abused women. Wow, battered women. And I thought, well, what more could I want? You
1: know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: that brings me so much joy and the ladies are amazing some of them have been quilting for years and years and years and they just love to share and that blows me away some of them are new and they're they're older ladies just because they have more time you know being Mm -hmm. retired and a lot of them are widows and I don't fit into that group but they take me in just like I belong and it's It's amazing. They love to share their knowledge. They love to see what everyone's working on. They love to share their finished product. It's just a whole new outlet for my creativity. What a wonderful
1: group to be part of.
2: Yes, it's amazing. And then that has helped me connect into my my, uh, neighborhood, my community, because some of them have lived here all their lives. Oh, wow. And they'll say, you could go to this restaurant, you could go to this museum, you, you know, this is where we go for, you know, repairs, this is the person to talk to for long arms, you know, it's yeah. helped me become more at home. And that's how I feel when I'm with them. I feel at home in my person, in myself. Mm-hmm. Those are my people. <laughs> <laughs> and I miss them since we've had the pandemic, but,
1: you know. Oh, Yeah. Why do you make quilts?
2: Well, just mostly to satisfy my creative urge.
1: Okay. I
2: like, like I said, make something out of nothing and have it become a, a, a stunning project, you know.
1: Mhm.
2: And then um, to donate to charity, that's fun. Yeah. But Mostly it's, it seems like it's, it feeds me. It feeds mm-hmm. my desire to create and to provide. The yeah. warm wrapping thing is, is just another extension of being able to heal from my past. Yeah. So it's a soothing, comforting, uh, creative outlet. And that yeah. that brings me full circle and keeps my mind off the pain from my injuries, keeps my mind off the what am I going to do next
1: mm-hmm.
2: in life? You know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm I'm not old enough to, I am retired, first retirement, but I'm not old enough to, I don't know, be in retirement, as they say. Yeah. This helps me to feel alive and provide something and productive, that sort of thing. hmm
1: There's more to quilting than just actually quilting.
2: Yes. It tells a story from your heart. If you do it right, and if you mm-hmm. if you enjoy it correctly, if you put yourself into it, it can bring so much to others. It could, mostly it brings so much to me. Yeah, I just finished top of one last Monday. I turned it over to the um, long arm quilt on Monday. My mother found or was given some Farmer Frank's twelve block, mm-hmm. and they were done with flower that by her great-grandmother. Oh, wow. That would be my Mm great-great-grandmother. And she gave them to my mother, and my mother has kept them in her cedar chest all these years. Mm -hmm. After raising five children, after, you know, having, I don't know, 13, 14 grandchildren, she has great-grandchildren. Now that she's in this home and doesn't have a sewing machine and, you know, has no ability to sew, she handed them to me.
1: Yeah.
2: I went... Crazy. I was blown away. The fabric quality from the flower sacks just it just sent me into into like a, a an oblivion.
1: I was like, wow,
2: I want more of this. The texture, the the colors, that it, it just it fed me in, in a way that I you know, other newer fabric doesn't. So I was so pleased. I put this together, I put fasting and, you know, that sort of thing and I made a piano key border because yeah. I wanted to pull in some, some other old-fashioned-looking fabrics. Of course, I didn't really spend much time buying fabric. I wanted to use fast. And then each square had a lot of blank space because the farmer franks were, you know, they, they were in the center of it, but they still looked a little empty to me. Yeah. So I went around looking, and I found some really sweet, uh, embroidery patterns like iron-on transfers. It's the only way I know how to do it, you know. <laughs> okay. So I embroidered something on each of the squares and that was me adding to the generational quilt.
1: How oh, cool. And
2: that, I tried to match the colors of each design with the, each of the little Farmer Frank figures, that sort of thing. And they did some pinks and yellows and greens and it was amazing. I'm going to give it to my third grandson because when I laid the quilt out on the floor in front of the three younger grandsons, one of them wanted to walk on it. He's three, of course, he wants to walk. On it. Yeah. One didn't even look at it; could care less. <laughs> the other one laid down on the floor and rubbed his face on it, and you could just tell how much he enjoyed it. And I think that's the one who's going to get it. (laughs) So that quilt will span seven generations once it's finished and gifted. Oh, cool. And that's probably going to be my new favorite, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how long did it take you to embroider on all those blocks?
2: I would say six weeks. Because I didn't do it every day, all day. Uh Due to my injuries, it's a little hard. I have a bad shoulder and a bad hip. So sitting and, you know, hunched over all day is is not good for the body. So I had to do a sporadic amount of time. But six weeks was fine. I had, you know, plenty of other things to keep me occupied. Yeah. And I wanted to do it well. I didn't want to rush through it. Right. That just brings me to tips that I'd like to share is to take your uh-huh. time and enjoy the process. Enjoy all the processes. There's, you know, there's design, there's fabric choices, there's laying it out on the board and getting it just right if you have different blocks. There's, there's so much it, that you can do, but that's what I enjoy. And I think it's good to enjoy the process.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: another another tip is, and I think, I, you know, I pretty much explained why, is to join a guild. Get together with a group of people, like mindedness. You can have a camaraderie and fellowship, sharing and learning. You know, just just being part of someone of a group that enjoys what you enjoy is is amazing. That's a real good tip. And then another tip is to remember, there are no ugly quilts. <laughs> some of my donations, they weren't the prettiest. They weren't the most exciting. Uh-huh. But they were not ugly. They were yeah. fun. And a child or a battered woman in a shelter would treasure these.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the other thing that I like to do, and I don't know if it's so much as a tip or it's just a preference,
1: yeah,
2: is to pray over the quilt. Usually you're making it for someone. So I pray specifically for that person. Definitely. So what they're going through but that, you know, their future for their uh, academics, for their, you know, future life, their future children, whatever. Just put a blessing on the quilt so that it's a blessing to them. Mm -hmm. And it helps me to connect with them. Yeah. This this last quilt from the seven generations, I spent quite a bit of time praying for that. And Mm -hmm. this might sound weird, but... My great-grandmother was very abusive. My grandmother was terrible. My mother was horrendous. And I tried to break this cycle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then my daughters, you know, were all slowly moving away from that. Or not slow, but making great effort to move away from that. But that was my prayer for the next generation, for my grandchildren. My grandmother yeah. and, and his children was the abuse would stop, the joy of your children and your spouse and the life you lead would be prevalent and that they could be strong. And that's what I chose to make this quilt into, is a a covering to cover the pain of the past.
1: Yeah. How important. It is so, so important.
2: It is. I didn't understand that I was used until later in life. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, you marry somebody who's like your mother, you don't know any better, it's comfortable, whatever. But mm-hmm. now it's a focus of mine to make boundaries, to not allow abuse. And, you know, with my mother having to be taken out of her home and put into a just living, she became extremely abusive. And I fell apart. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, we are breaking something here. I always felt like I was breaking. But then I noticed. I was being broken, but I can be rebuilt. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have come through in the last 12 months, their journey with them, through her stroke and recovery and moving and just, you know, dealing with them. I've been able to go from uh, having to see them five days a week and take them out to buy things that they don't need and, you know, help them around the house Because they're mad. They don't want to be there. Yeah. And I've been able to go from that to saying, I can no longer do five days a week. I can do two or three. To now, with the pandemic, I only do two. I pick up their laundry and their Mm groceries. I drop off their groceries. I bring the laundry back the next day. I visit with them through the window on the patio, you know, away from them with a mask. Right half an hour and I get up and go Yeah, and that I have limited my time and if it gets to be where she wants to be abusive you know or whatever I just tell her it's time for me to go and yeah. I feel like I have this strength. so I think part of that has been just being in prayer over the abuse while making yeah. that stuff so
1: that's so neat because the quote evidently had a part in your growth there. Yes. And that is so neat.
2: And it was brought to me at perfect time yeah. in my journey of feeling.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Is there anything I, else that you wanted to share with me?
2: In the beginning of this, I said I like to quilt because I like to have new challenges. Mm-hmm. Going forward, I would like to learn how to do paper piecing because mm-hmm. it sounds neat. I don't know that it is fun or neat, but it sounds like something to do. and I would like to learn how to do some of that free motion quilting that looks like it's like a whole cloth quilt the design is the quilting That, that amazes me yeah
1: I've been noticing that too
2: that's something that kind of speaks to me and I don't know why but maybe it's this thought of it's no longer in pieces it's all there and can be beautiful maybe that's a healing quilt finishing up kind of quilt. It yeah.
1: You probably noticed or at least I noticed on the whole piece quilt that almost different heights b- depending on how far apart the the design is made.
2: It brings Just, depth to the quilt. Yeah. And that's what I think intrigues me. Uh-huh. It's like the stitching is the drawing, is the art. Mhm. I don't know. I just enjoy it. And it it is something that's bringing me out of darkness into light, into comfort and joy. Yeah. And that's, you know, I will probably continue this as long as I can, you know, physically. But I would like to pass it on to the one who doesn't want me to make him a quilt because he <laughs> at least enjoys the sewing machine, you know. <laughs> at some point he may want his quilt. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll teach him on, on that one. Maybe I'll bring it out and have him help me make it. That might be an idea.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, he might like
1: that. And then he'd be able to say, I helped make this.
2: Yeah. If he could have some ownership. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I think I will. <laughs> well, I really thank you for taking the time to let me share this with you because I really enjoy it. I could talk quilting all day. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) me too. Well, thank
1: you so much for chatting with me today. I really, really appreciate it.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. It was my pleasure.
0: Hope you enjoyed this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Thanks for listening.